three, two, one. There we go. That was good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. We were right on. Okay. 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 here uh this is a, a this is an unusual minisode this is an addendum minisode uh and there is no j here and uh and yet our webmaster uh rachel jones is here hi rachel hi what's up i flew all the way to pittsburgh just for this this is fantastic we're uh <laughs> yeah we're uh, trying an experiment of uh doing things in separate time zones so um rachel's in st louis right now at uh washington university i am yeah okay and at, um yep uh, so one of the things that was my anticipation and fear in talking about Star Wars is that Star Wars is a topic in which uh, especially uh, white men can get very ranty and, and judgy and uh, f- self-fulfilled in terms of uh, how we talk about it. And um, <laughs> it's uh, and I think that I, I like the conversation we had, but it's definitely a very one-sided uh, conversation or very... Um, comes from a very specific uh, generational and cultural understanding of the topic. And so through uh, a little bit of a conversation, but also uh, on Twitter, but then some further engagement, I uh, know that Rachel has a, a fantastic take on specifically the prequel um, movies. And um, <laughs> I think that that's worth, that's worth hearing, especially because, again, I am 40 years old, so I came to these movies uh, having grown up with the with the original trilogy never having known a time when that was not in my life and uh came to the prequels at ages uh 19 and then what would it be 22 and then 25. um so my my i came to them at very different times in my life when did rachel what was your experience when did you first encounter these so i definitely my parents definitely made an effort to introduce me to the original trilogy first yeah um but I also, I don't remember when Phantom Menace came out, what year? 99. 99. Yeah, May so of 99. I was, so I was not even five yet if it was May. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely, I wouldn't have seen it in theaters, but we had a VHS tape of it that I watched a lot more than I actually watched the original trilogy. Um, we own the original trilogy too, but I, I watched Phantom Menace a lot more. Um, and so I have like, very fond memories of Phantom Menace in particular. Yeah. Um, it's just really fun. Um, I only saw Attack of the Clones a couple of times, um, and then we had Revenge of the Sith on DVD, so I watched that one a fair amount too. So did you not have did you not have Attack of the Clones on tape? Correct. We did not own Attack of the Clones. Because um, my whole family, we like, like Star Wars, but it's never been a huge thing for us in the way yeah. that some other franchises have been did you all did you have a thing as a family um a lot of things when i was younger it was like the simpsons and money python were the really big ones nice yeah (laughs) but star wars was still like star wars was we like this but we're not obsessed over it yeah we'll own the first and the third one but not the second one 
Yeah, which is hilarious because that's probably also one of the reasons why I like the second one the least. Yeah, um, well, it's also I have the least. It's somewhat objectively the worst. I, I no, I do also think that it's the worst. Um, but with a lot of movies that I watched when I was younger, I can like them a lot, even if they're bad. Yeah. But Attack of the Clones, I have none of that investment at all. Yeah. So it's just objectively bad to me. I, I loved your so you had a, a response on Twitter that some people may have seen. Uh, but certainly not everyone has seen. Um, yeah. W- tell me yeah. your reading on the prequels as a whole, and then maybe we can break down sure. some individual things. Um. So I, I've i been thinking about this a lot, partially since listening to you guys talk about the original trilogy um, and like mentally bracing myself for the prequel <laughs> trilogy episode um, where I... I haven't watched Phantom Menace in a couple of years, but I've rewatched both Attack of the Clones and now Revenge of the Sith quite recently. Like in the last like couple weeks, right? Like Attack of the Clones was maybe a few weeks ago, okay. and then Revenge of the Sith I watched this past week. Yeah. Um, and so like both I think have been since Disney Plus came out. Okay. Um, to give some context. Yeah. Um, and I. I was just really struck by how much I disagreed with the point that you were both drilling in about how the prequels, even when you were talking about the original trilogy, how the prequels didn't really do much to develop the story that we got in the original trilogy, Um, which I I don't know how well they do it, (laughs) but I feel like they genuinely were attempting to do it in a way that really does shine out more than y'all were suggesting basically yeah um in terms about like even i don't have as much investment in phantom menace as fitting into this narrative but like i'm really interested in anakin's relationship with power um over the course of all of the prequels and in particular i think it really actually starts to come out once he becomes an adult um in uh episodes two and three Um, But I think even starting him off as a kid who is, like, brought up in slavery and is pulled out of that but has to leave his mother in it, um, like, I think that they're really laying the foundation for a character who has a very tenuous relationship with people who are in charge of him, um, him being in charge of other people, um, and when he thinks it's right or wrong for various people to have power and what he thinks it's right to use power for which then once he becomes an adult i'm really interested in the ways that he talks about it particularly with his loved ones when he talks about padme and his mom but then also with the chancellor yeah um and like the empire and the role that he thinks that they should play in people's lives yeah 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 i love that so do you feel like you got that, maybe not on first viewing, but was that your common understanding of those movies kind of growing up? Or was that something as you became more of an intellectual f- person uh, who analyzes uh, cultural media as part of your vocation? Um, wh- effectively, like, yeah, when did you get that reading of the, of the prequels? I, I think that even, it, it might be a little bit before I started thinking about things like academically, intellectually, and more when I just started thinking about writing more, which yeah. would be probably later high school. Um, when I started thinking about how people leave trails for you to really see character development happening. Yeah. Um, which they honestly, I feel like especially in the second one, they do in a way that they're hammering you over the head with it. 
um, in order to make Revenge of the Sith feel justified. Um, where you have scenes where he's talking about how... Um, I, I have this particular memory of one where he's on that on Padme's planet with her, and he's talking about how there are people who are suffering in the wars and they should just give the emperor all the power that he needs in order to stop the wars from happening because then yeah. people won't be dying anymore yeah and it's it's this really striking moment where padme suddenly like questions him for a moment and is wondering about his values and whether they're even on the same page with where they stand politically in it's oh it was so tense in a way that I totally didn't pick up on when I was younger yeah. but once I once I started thinking about writing and thinking about how people lay foundations for like large scale character changes I started to pick up on those moments a lot more uh, I mean just stepping back for a second what what was it that appealed to you when you were younger cuz you always liked these movies right I did yeah. I did um I liked the action I did think they were funny. Y'all were talking about how stupid funny they were. <laughs> they were totally the f kind of funny that little kids Absolutely. like can get into. I also recognize too that there are a lot of folks who probably would have been the same age divide that I had from the prequels that they had for the original trilogy that hated yeah. the Ewoks, and yeah. that like Absolutely. and that criticized that movie on a level that I will not tolerate. <laughs> like that, mm -hmm. like it's. Mm -hmm. I was like, who could hate the Ewoks? They're they're lovely and. There's a lot of comic relief in Jedi that I think falls flat for some people, but it doesn't for me. And so I yeah. am so close to it that I can't see any real criticism of it, where I think I was mm -hmm. clearly far more removed from it when I, even though I really wanted to love them, uh, I was in a different place in life and a far more cynical place. I mean, cynical yeah. and analytical, like in positive and negative ways. I think I was more critical of the things right. that I was taking in and... Um, uh, not to say that one one view of it is better than the other, but it definitely prevented me from being able to see it as anything other than um, the sum of its flaws. Yeah, absolutely. I one of the interesting things I think about your uh, your read on this is uh, when it, especially I think it was when the third one came out. George Lucas had gone on record saying this whole movie is about George Bush, uh, who was the president yeah. at the time. And I remember yeah. thinking it sounded when I was 25 and I was kind of already over the prequels at that point, <laughs> uh, thinking like, oh, he's just trying to make these seem more important than they are. But it yeah. wasn't until you kind of articulated that sense of, of it being about power um, and whether using power to bring about peace was an ethical choice like that really was yeah. kind of some of the stuff that has always been uh one of the conundrums of of power in the real world and especially of america yeah exactly uh and to see how that plays out just to, to have you explain the prequels really to me sounded like oh that's what george lucas meant when he was talking about george <laughs> it is a nuanced thing and there is a yeah. there's a brilliant idea in there uh i just get lost in the um and the excuse me jokes and, and how yeah, much bantha poodoo is going around. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that the political reading is, I was thinking about today's politics a lot while watching um, Revenge of the Sith, yeah. um, which probably doesn't surprise you. Yeah. Um, and in particular, I was actually like, when I was getting frustrated while listening to your episode last night, <laughs> um, I was I was thinking about what a great, reading 
um, like theological reading there could be in more of like looking at it as commenting on political stuff happening now um, in a way that I was like, this totally seems like a direction that Tyler and Jay would want to take this. Yeah. Um, Because I, in the past, like particularly year or two, I have become a lot better about thinking about evil as something that develops slowly um, and develops very often out of fear um, or out of a good place. Um, And I have become a lot more... I'm I'm scared to say like forgiving or understanding about evil, um, but more willing to acknowledge that it's not just like oh this person is bad and I'm good. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And and I felt like that was kind of part of what the the Star Wars prequels are trying to do is make us see that it's not just this person is bad and Anakin is bad and Luke Skywalker is good. Yeah. Like it is so much more nuanced than that absolutely i i actually um one of the things in in editing all these episodes i do listen to them a bunch and a lot of times when i listen to them i think oh we should have said that or oh i wish i had made this point uh because a lot of times in in the stream of consciousness conversations that we're having um what makes sense one path that you take at one point uh doesn't have the nuance that i want it to right and one of the things that that really stood out to me as i was listening back was how we uh, I'm never a big fan of making good and evil into a binary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we kind of did that for the sake of that conversation. Yeah. Um, because I think at, at, at a reductionist view of the Star Wars universe is that it could be said to turn evil and good into a binary. It literally has a, a good side and a dark side of the force. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it does It does create that that choice. But I think... Uh, and that, and perhaps that's why I miss some of the nuance in what what Lucas was trying to do with this origin story is to say it's not just good people and bad people that we can turn into evil for benevolent purposes. And and that's I mean mm-hmm. something that we said before, and something that I do think is really important to acknowledge is that no no bad person thinks that they're the bad person. No villain. Yeah. In reality, like Hitler didn't think he was evil. Hitler thought he was doing something good. And to acknowledge that doesn't mean to say that Hitler was a good person. Like we don't have to right. uh, to diminish the the sense of true evil that of what they did. But the ways in which people get power is usually by both promising things that are good and actually doing some things that benefit people. Yeah. You see this uh, demonstrated in the Star Wars universe that, that there are good things that happen and the Empire does. And the what they're trying to do with the clone troopers being good at first, I guess, uh, like fighting yeah. bad people. Like that's what gets kind of complicated. I think that there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good seeds to ideas that are not fully realized, uh, which I think is always what frustrated me about the prequels for such a long time is that um, I'm, I've become more cynical and, and critical of George Lucas over time. If it has not become <laughs> clear in these last two episodes, one hundred percent. And I used to really love him, and I think that I've become. I've the pendulum has swung too far. I am too critical of George Lucas. My my initial take used to always be, I think George Lucas has fantastic ideas, and I think he does really well at finding other people to help articulate that for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's what's missing from the prequels. Is not that the prequels are are uh, established on a bad idea. It's just they're not fully realized because I think 
unlike the other movies, uh, there's not as much of a creative um, dialogue and creative yeah. harmony going on. Yeah. Um, and so what could be really great ideas don't have the the kind of uh, multiplicity of voices that that you see that you may not even be aware of. But like Dennis Murren, who's the the special effects guy in the original trilogy, and uh, like like I said, Lee Brackett helped to flesh out those things. All these different creative. Also, his ex wife to yeah, name yeah his ex wife a woman I, who did pretty awesome stuff. Awesome stuff, and I still don't know her name, which still really makes me feel bad that I I should learn her name to to put that in there. But she was great, and and. She edited the first one. She didn't edit the other two, but but the other editors still saved a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then even voices like uh, Akira Kurosawa, who was a big influence on those, uh, especially the first movie, but the the other movies too. That Lucas has has in a sense done a good job of of saying I've been inspired by these people. Yeah. But not always done a good job of stopping people from giving him all the credit. Yeah. And I think that's what Latter-day George Lucas is less someone who wants you to think, he's not like a Donald Trump who is constantly saying, look at me, I'm the best. <laughs> but he is someone who when someone, which I think is an undeniable thing, regardless of one's feelings on Donald Trump, mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. deny that he loves credit for everything. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I think that um, George Lucas is not that way, but when people tell him he's a genius, he doesn't correct them. He doesn't say, well, it takes a lot of people to do this. Right. And I think the that's what has frustrated me. And I think in some ways it, it, it perhaps went to his head and he took on a little too much in these prequel movies. Yeah, I would believe that. And I think that I mean to, to bring to, to to come around around the bend on this, <laughs> one of the one of the reasons why I really wanted to do this is one, I I I have loved this podcast because of the opportunities to talk to people beyond just Jay and I. Um, yeah, I really appreciate the episodes where we have guests more than anything because I like hearing what other people. I know what I think, <laughs> and uh, uh, my goal is is not to just have people know what I think, but to to be able to hear what other people think. So I like the conversation and the dialogue. Um, but in particular, in this situation, I think it's really important to hear um, that you're not you're not offering necessarily a counterpoint. And I mean, maybe it is to a degree, but it's. It's just a different perspective. Yeah, it's it's complicated because part of it I do think is a counterpoint in the sense that I I was describing it to my roommate today as um, I was comparing it to that time when you asked people to talk about their favorite Disney movies. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up defending Frozen to somebody, even though I felt like Frozen was a pretty mediocre movie. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of doing a similar, even though I love Frozen more now, um, but I'm I'm kind of doing a similar thing with the prequels. We're like, no, they're pretty mediocre. Like, they're on the bottom of my Star Wars list, 100%. Yeah. Um, they're not great movies. And especially, yeah. like, yeah. the love story is bad. I totally agree with everything you say about Natalie Portman just being bored. Yeah. Like, And she's a great actress, which is disappointing. Yeah. yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but so, like, I totally agree with so much of what you said, but it's just, I still think that they're important and valuable in a way that I, yeah, I wanted, like, I felt the need to defend them. And in that way, it is sort of a counterpoint, I guess. Oh, yeah. And that, and I think that that's what, uh, um, at the very least, it's a response. And I think that that's, uh, I mean, it, it's a counterpoint, but even more than that, it's a response. And I think that the, the, the downside about counter about thinking of it like a counterpoint is then it becomes an argument, and um, 
arguments have their place. Uh, and I have often said that uh, there's a difference between having an argument and having a conversation because you can win an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I proceed to then go on and have lots of arguments, which is, which is not really <laughs> helpful. Um, but I think that the, uh, uh, what I loved about this and why I really, uh, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to, to record this addendum uh, is I think it's important to have that voice. And, and I had, I'm too close to these prequels in my own personal experience of it yeah. to be able to see the value in it. Yeah. And I, and we need to have other voices in our lives that we're willing to hear, not to say, uh, well, here's what, and I felt bad even on my Twitter responses. At first I started by saying, I really appreciate that, but here's what I meant. Like and so I started <laughs> defending all of the things that I was saying. And that then could just turn into a, a point counterpoint, yeah. which is again, not, not unhelpful, but not wholly helpful. I think that it's, I appreciate um, your eyes uh, on this in a way that, that my eyes aren't working. Uh, that you can see that this, while the points that Jay and I have made about these prequels may be valid, that's that shouldn't be the only view that one has of these movies. And I think that there, the thing that I love about that is that when we are in community and we have uh, a lot of voices helping us to see things, we can see, um, we can both see things that we used to see that we can't see anymore. And we can see things that we've never seen um, that we wouldn't have been able to see if we didn't have somebody else to be able to articulate it from a different perspective. Yeah. And so I, I so value that. And I so, and I think that that is um, one of the most important things that we can do in the church, Mm. (laughs) uh, but also just as people. Yeah, I love that. And it's really hard. It's really hard right now. The ironic thing about the, uh, we're so connected, and yet we have used a lot of that to uh, to not hear each other more, yeah, but just to shout at each other <laughs> louder. And so I, I, I fully. It doesn't have to be. Oh, I'm wrong about the prequels, and you're right. Right. One point doesn't have to be invalid for the other one to be valid. Absolutely. And I think we for, we forget that sometimes. Yeah. So I love I love your take on it, and it really is. And I mean, I think. Uh, it makes me excited to watch the prequels again. I love that. That makes me so happy. Yeah, and I and but I know that when I watch it, I'm still gonna see that stuff that bothers me. Mm-hmm. But I I will at least be able to to hopefully see that there's more going on there, and to re to remember what I used to. I did really love these movies at one point. Yeah. Um, and I still have, um, I have genuine affection for Phantom Menace. That's why I always rank it above the other two. Mm-hmm. I was the most jaded by the time I got to um, episode three. So I had the least patience for it, even on the first, first viewing. Yeah. And so I think that's why I continue to rank that one. I was the most disappointed by it mm-hmm. because it had the highest stakes. Yeah. And I, again, only saw the critical things of it uh, without seeing... Um, the important things and the helpful things that can help us learn about ourselves, which is what art is really about anyway. It's why we tape bananas to the wall. Yeah, absolutely. I I will say like, as I've sat with um, the third one a couple days now, like I actually did bump it to the top of my prequel trilogy ranking. I do, I think, yeah, I I think I like it more than one actually. Um, Though the first half is bad. Yeah. I, I think it gets it becomes a stronger movie in the second half of the movie. No, I think that there's a lot that the third one is doing. So one interesting that. tidbit about the third one is that um, Steven Spielberg directed the whole final sequence. Oh. Yeah. I think that I think I read that 
I'm pretty sure that that's true. I don't think it's a rumor. I think he actually admitted <laughs> that like the whole final sequence of like the lightsaber battle and the last like yeah. Yeah. 20 minutes. Um, sure. And I think that that's, there's some life in there that's different from the rest of the movie. I agree. Uh, I think he also may have directed the General Grievous Obi-Wan fight, which is mm. maybe my second favorite fight in all the prequels behind the Darth Maul one. Yeah, sure. Um, and again, I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's what made the original trilogy so good was was bringing in all these people to to put together something. So, And also the third one, there is a co-writer on the screenplay. I, don't, I can't oh. remember who the guy is. Uh, but George Lucas wrote it with somebody. It's not anybody who did anything else that I can remember. It's not Lawrence Kasdan. That's the person I couldn't remember before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's somebody. And I think just did some punch-ups on it, which is why, like, I think he really took to heart how critical people were of the second one. Of yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I I need to go back and and see what's good in them. And uh, and I I appreciate that we have the chance to do that. And I mean, at the heart of this, and we kind of, we, we said this a little bit at, at the end of the other one, but... Um, the reason, I mean, there's a lot of movies that I think are bad that I don't care about. I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about Avatar because <laughs> uh, I think it's just it's just a movie. Like yep. it's just it doesn't really. But I'll talk about the prequels all day long, <laughs> and it seems like a I put a lot of energy into a thing that I come across as hating, but I really don't. Yeah. Um. There's so much. I think I just am so frustrated by what I want them to be, but it's okay that they're not that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I need to be fine with that. Uh, I do get distracted. To me, one of the bigger distractions about the later ones are the effects. Oh, I fully agree. Um, yes. That is my big criticism. Yeah. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and that's, I mean, perhaps that's one of Lucas's flaws is that he does, he is a tech guy and he becomes more interested in the tech than he does in the... He likes the shiny things. Yeah, yeah. And it's filled with a lot of shiny things. Uh, on behalf of Jay, I want to thank you for being here. Today. I am so happy that we could do this. And by being here, I mean being where you are, but, yeah. uh, but talking. <laughs> so uh, anyway, with that, I've been Tyler. I've been Rachel. And this has been Roughing the Pastor. Oh, hey. it's all people five weeks. <laughs> <laughs>